Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. All right. Hello and welcome, everyone. Welcome back to the China Shop. I am so glad you've made it. We're kicking the doors open for some news today. I'm Shopkeeper Dan. With me, as always, is Kyle, creator of FinancialNeptitude.com. Kyle, how's your day going? Yeah, it's about over. Uh, yeah. You sound tired. <laughs> I am very tired. <laughs> uh, someone been moving all day? I have. I've been loading a moving truck. I'm moving to Vegas. It's happening. Ooh, exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Viva Las Vegas. I can't get enough gambling done with the stocks, so I got to move up to the gambling central. <laughs> Are you a better <laughs> risk manager when you're picking horses? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I am tired, but I'm also excited to be talking about some crazy news going on. Uh, I think uh, I think maybe we should start out with a little bit of uh, music. Okay. We're just that is accurate. Very accurate. What information? True. What? Okay, Kyle. All right. Uh, who's leading off today? I think you are. You got the one I want to hear more about. Okay. Well, it was announced today as we record this, October 10th, 2022. Uh, there's been a new Nobel Prize awarded for economics to mm. none other than former Federal Reserve Chair Ben Bernanke, along with... Oh. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, two other economists, Douglas Diamond and Philip Dybvig. They were awarded for their research on how regulating banks and propping up failing lenders with public cash can stave off an even deeper economic crisis like the Great Depression of the 1930s. In theory. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know. The, the bailouts of 2008 and 2009... Uh, in hindsight, we didn't we didn't die. I mean, yeah, but he also maybe maybe bailouts prevent nuclear Armageddon. We don't know because it didn't happen. <laughs> like like this rock in my driveway keeps tigers away. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, huh. This is yeah. This is crazy. Like, uh, well, this is how economists get rich, right? <laughs> so uh, credited with uh, confronting the two crisis of the Great Recession 2008-2009 and the COVID-19 pandemic, they say they used these Bernanke diamond dive-vig methods to, to get us out of the weeds. To quote Diamond, it probably would have been better if Lehman Brothers had not collapsed unexpectedly. Had they found a way, I think the world would have had a less severe crisis. Mm -hmm. So if you remember, Ben Bernanke was the chair of the Federal Reserve when Lehman Brothers collapsed in 2008. Right. And his thing was like, well, I don't have any legal way to, to save them. 
so we'll 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 try these other other ways and let them fail but yet it, big auto and i mean there's a lot of people got bailouts during that time yeah what was uh aig the insurance company right <laughs> a lot of big 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 bailouts did fannie mae get too wasn't that the other big one yeah um yeah fred freddie mac or fannie mae one of those two yeah or both they they talked to gernot doppelhofer professor at the economics <laughs> department and that great name doppelhofer i swear i feel like we pick these stories based on how t- hard it is to pronounce the person <laughs> speaking's name here's a a quote from strudel nick Reisenopper, um, this guy, uh, economics department in the Norwegian School of Economics, uh, was saying uh, some households and some firms are already weakened right now. Mm-hmm. The research, Bernanke's research and Diamond's research and Divig's research shows how the finance system can amplify shocks and how it's important to try and stabilize the economy while also ensuring the stability of the financial system. Mm-hmm. So literally, like we're at a point now where it's like I know they're private banks, but we can't ever let them fail ever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Kyle, we got to start a bank, man. Well, I mean, any single bank can probably fail. I think it's when all of them <laughs> are about to fail is when they start to get a little concerned. No, no, no. I got to read the, my favorite tweet. Though. This is how I saw the news broke. It's from Horse Lover Fat. Uh, Said, I see Ben Bernanke just won the Nobel Prize for Economics. I'd like to be the first to congratulate David Copperfield for winning this uh, next year's Nobel Prize in Physics. <laughs> the magician. Oh, God. Uh, hats off to you, buddy. Hey, you know, <laughs> he made that Statue of Liberty disappear when when I was a little kid, man. I saw it. I saw it on TV with my own eyes. Mm-hmm. That's and some amazing stuff. That's how you keep Woo-hoo! it safe. <laughs> You're right. Uh, I've got one here from JP Morgan, apparently the CEO, uh, Jamai Dimon, uh, Jamie Dimon. Uh, (laughs) he says that the U S should go ahead and pump more oil and gas to alleviate the global energy crisis. Oh, uh, he is saying that the situation is getting to national security risk of war level proportions. Wow. And that Western allies should support the U.S. in shoring up supply. And then the other big quote in this was that he's saying that America needs to play a real leadership role as America is the swing producer, not Saudi Arabia. Mm. Okay. Okay. So he was saying that this energy crisis is pretty predictable, which I think we've all kind of saw this mm-hmm. coming, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Occurring as it has from Europe's overdependence on Russian oil and urged Russian. Uh, okay, never mind. Let me skip that. Uh, yeah, pretty predictable. Uh, he said, in his view, that America should have been pumping more oil and gas and it should have been supported. Uh, and then uh, started talking again about being the swing producer, not Saudi Arabia, and said that we should have gotten that right starting in March, uh, referring to the onset of the crisis following Russia's invasion of Ukraine in uh, February 24. When do you remember when we had that story where U.S. shale producers were like, "We're not gonna, yeah, we're not yep. gonna pump more no matter what." Yep, I do remember that. Yeah, not even if Russia invades Ukraine. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know what this guy was. Uh, what kind of uh, bee is in his bonnet? I guess would be the term. Uh, he dubbed the Ukraine attack uh, as a similar magnitude to that of the Pearl Harbor or the invasion of Czechoslovakia in 68. Yeah, it's a pretty big deal, right? Damn. Yeah. Yeah. 
That seems a bit of a stretch, though. I mean, one precipitated like an entire world war. This one, eh, not quite yet. Uh, well, we're getting pretty close to Putin shooting a nuke. Uh, yeah, that's. I don't know that. That yeah. I don't know. Kramer's assured me that that's never going to happen. <laughs> Well, old Jim Kramer puts his stamp of approval on it. You know, it's good. Yeah. No, it's the it's the bit at the end of this that that got me a little like, what is his what's a what's his angle here? Um, mm-hmm. Saying that the autocratic world thinks that the Western world is a little lazy and incompetent. And there's a little bit of truth to that. And he said, "This is the chance to get our act together and solidify the Western free, democratic, capitalist, free people, free movements, freedom of speech, free religion for the next century." Because if we don't get this one right. That kind of chaos you see around the world for the next 50 years. Wow. Okay. All right. Well. So now this is a a bank CEO, right? Yeah. I mean, typically banks make a lot of money when wars happen, don't they? Because they finance both sides. That has been the historical way of, uh, you know, a lot of wars. Yeah. Banks. God. When did I get so cynical? Um, I think I think it's when we started paying attention to the news all the time. <laughs> I know, right? It's just like, ugh. I used to never watch it. You say right, and then it was like, oh, well, we'll we'll, we'll be apolitical with the show, and we'll just try and stick to business and economic news. But you know what? You can't get politics out of economics. It's so hard. You try. <laughs> you try and try. You can't do it. I don't do want to talk about politics. Politics is stupid. And as soon as you said that that bank dude was like, we got to show that America's all about freedoms and blah, blah, blah. All the stuff popped into my head of like, well, what about all the ways we're not free, motherfucker? <laughs> right? And then right. like my head starts churning out politics. It's like, God damn it. Well, that makes me thinking about um, all the manufacturing that's using child labor. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, it's good for us. It kind of sucks for the rest of the world. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's... Kids in Asia and South America, we don't we don't worry about them. Right, we're not taking their jobs. <laughs> All right, another story, Dan. What else you got? Uh, well, Kathy Wood, one of our favorite uh, ladies to talk about here in the shop, uh, has penned an open letter to the Fed saying, once again, it's time to stop hiking rates uh, or we're going to get deflation. Mm-hmm. And she's claiming that the leading inflation indicators are setting up and saying that we're 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 coming on that deflationary bust. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the uh, what she's talking about specifically are that the cost of things like lumber, commodities, uh, DRAM chips, commodities, shipping containers costs—they've mm-hmm. all—they're all down uh, up upwards of seventy some percent from their peaks. Mm-hmm. And while she does admit food and energy have yet to show year-over-year declines, uh, with the rest of everything else declining, that food and energy are going to be next. Well, food and energy are the two that are directly affected by Ukraine. Yeah. Ukraine is one of the largest grain producers, and Europe losing the Russian supply of energy is causing, you know, squeezing everybody else. Uh, and how... I would I would say though, with the uh, Ukrainian troops making such incredible, credible gains in territories, uh, we might see the the food their their food production start to be turned on again. Now, obviously, it's growing food, so it takes a while. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but they 
it could that could be getting straightened out. Uh, looks like you know the supply chain logistics stuff is starting to get itself worked out. Yeah, these all just kind of go back to that story we talked about on Friday about all the things that are indicating that, like when inflation starts to drop, it's going to drop hard and fast. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess one of the things uh, Kathy Woods pointed out was the Walmart, Target, and Nike all in their recent earnings resor- results. Uh, they've been showing inventory surges. Mm-hmm. So uh, might might kind of overwhelm manufacturers and retailers and lead to discounted prices well what that typically means is that their orders for the future are going to start slowing down right so we're going to see slowdowns in manufacturing as demand starts to uh wane yeah so yeah this uh, yeah things are i think there's enough evidence to say that what their their goal has been reached i would say mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know how things don't just you know stop as soon as you like change your mind like okay we're done raising rates and it's not going to be like oh We'll stop right here. This is as low as everything's going to go. Oh, it's it's like calling the top or bottom of the market for a stock trader. Like, right, you, if right. you get it right, it's just luck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I will say with Kathy Woods, though, uh, everything that she invests in is growth. So yes. She also has a vested interest in rates not <laughs> continuing to go up. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. You, you don't think she's just being, uh, you know... Magnanimous, just no. trying to save the world here. No, I don't think so. <laughs> All right. Uh, last thing I got to talk about here is automakers. Um, I got a story here about uh, Ford, GM, and others could be facing up to fifty percent profit slump next year, according to UBS analysts. Uh, the shares of Ford and GM took a beating Monday as the outlook darkened further and at least two analysts predicting that uh, earnings are going to fall steeply next year. They are predicting, yeah, about half. Um, Whoa. Let's see what their investors uh, are. Let's see. Sorry. Uh, Ford shares are down about 7% uh, yesterday or Monday. GM dropped about 4%. The declines added to a rough year already for the two car makers whose shares have tumbled more than 45%. So far, as investors concerned about the many challenges of the industry, including supply chain shortages, rising costs, and crash strapped consumers, exited the stock. Mm. Uh, the UBS analyst said, that, quote, demand destruction is no longer a vague risk, but it has started to become a reality. Okay. Uh, yeah, so there's been a three-year unprecedented uh, run of price and margins uh, uh, that's about to end abruptly with a glut of cars emerging as soon as three months from now, according to their uh, analysis. They do still like Tesla for some reason. They see them continuing their aggressive growth through cutting prices and leveraging costs and believe it's well-positioned midterm as a low-cost EV provider. Okay. Wait, so I should sell my car now and re- buy one in three months when all the inventory shows up? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Are used cars still... Uh extremely valuable <laughs> or has that come back down to i know a friend of mine just bought a 2017 nissan versa in tucson and he spent about 16 to, to seven like between 16 and seventeen thousand. and i remember what? from yeah i remember from shopping for my 2016 kia then that those new nissan versas we're only twelve to thirteen thousand at the time. Yeah, my wife had the hatchback one of those at the time. Yeah. 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 
So, yeah, I think used car prices are still pretty bonkers. Uh, the funny thing is about this, the uh, UBS is actually favoring automakers with luxury exposure like Mercedes-Benz. Uh, do, they believe that there's a higher resilience of higher income household spending and the part suppliers with dominant market position and pricing power such as Alotive and Vallejo. I don't know why I read that second part. That doesn't seem to make any sense to what I just said. Uh, let me try that again. Uh, I do that all the time. UBS favors automakers with luxury exposure like Mercedes-Benz to the higher resilience of higher income household spending. Right. Luxury. So, yeah, recessions only hurt us. <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> if you got enough money, you might lose some, but you'll still be rich. So, Well, I mean, if prices come down on those too, that's the best time to, to be sitting there holding your money. Right. Everything's on Cash sale. Yep. Fire sale. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. What a happy, upbeat note to end on, Kyle. I know, right? Do you have anything happy to end on? Rich people affording cheaper Mercedes-Benzes isn't happy? No. <laughs> Doesn't make me happy. Uh, you know, something happy to end on, Kyle, is uh, we're going to have a, a new episode coming out uh, within the next day or so. Oh, that's right. Uh, we got Andrew Watach Squatch. Yeah, the Squatch Man. Yeah, that was actually a really good conversation. Yeah, we gotta we gotta get him back on the, the round table square traders sometime. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, so that's something to look forward to. It's more more China shop. There you go. Yes. All right. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Thanks for sticking around to the end, folks. We do love you so much, and are glad you're here. But we're closing up shop for the time being. As we just mentioned, we'll be back at you really, really soon. So like, share, subscribe, wait on the edge of your seat for that next episode. And until then, happy trades. We love you, but we're we're so glad you came, but get the fuck out. Yeah, right? Isn't, <laughs> isn't, isn't that how you always treat guests at the end of the day? Fucking love you, man. I get the fuck out of my house. Like Larry David at a dinner party. Yeah. Right, that was great. I get the fuck out. I get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs>